1: Welcome to the University of Pleasure.
0: Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation.
1: I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist.
0: And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, we're back. We're back, we back. from our hiatus. you good. We are, I almost good. forgot
1: my name for a second, but yeah, we're back. There's yeah. a pause, I was like, wait. Yeah, me, me. <laughs> me, that's me.
0: I do that. That's my, that's my, it's my call sign. You know, it's okay. We're, we're, Listen, we're, we're just, we're. I'm clearly
1: well-rested, clearly.
0: <laughs> and we're back, folks. That is right. The A-team is here again. Back from our hiatus, it is great to be back. The
1: the A team, we're not
0: well, there is no B team (laughs) for our team, so we're the A team, and it's and when we're together, Doc, we're like the A team from the 80s. Who would you be? I know who I am. I never
1: watched the A team.
0: Well, then, this whole thing that I just came up with, genius work here on the spot for our fans, clearly means nothing. So, anyway, well, let's have some announcements about announcements. Uh, we got a new. Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit coming out next week. It's going to be really good. Doc, who's in that
1: one? That is Dr. Katie Spencer, who is super, super awesome. She's great. She's hilarious.
0: I have Check no out. idea who she is, but in, if the doc says <laughs> that's she's. Because, great,
1: that's because you're not invited to yeah. that party. <laughs> I'm never allowed
0: in that party. And <laughs> I'm not upset about it. We all know that I've come to terms, and it's totally fine. Um, but, uh, you know, just they just hand me, it goes like this, folks. So she does the show, and then she goes, here, edit it. And then I don't even get to, like, I don't get to talk to this doctor. I, I'm, like, kept out of the room like the redheaded stepchild. And I got to be honest with you. It's no big deal. We can all feel that it's not a big deal. I don't need to talk about it anymore past that, but I'm excited for you all to hear it. I know that the doc is a rock star and these are really, really informative episodes. So do not miss a chance to talk to, uh, I mean, to talk to Jesus. You can't talk to us unless they call our phone number. What a perfect segue. What is the phone number doc?
1: Uh, 917-382-0653. Please send us those could have been. We just had a could have been better sex yes, story. Yes, we had right sapphire. with sapphire. Ooh. Part two with sapphire. But give us a call, send us a DM on Instagram, email yeah. us at contact at universityofpleasure.com or sex questions. We haven't some we've, we were getting a bunch of sex questions for a while. we need we need more.
0: Yeah, we definitely need to do more sex questions. I love hearing from our millions of fans all over the world. And do not forget, folks, to check out the Amy book written by Autumn Karen and myself with uh, the audiobook version being done by my illustrious ex-wife, Kelly Dorney. We had a lot of fun putting that together, and we hope you enjoy it. Throw out some reviews. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all of our social media. So, Doc. I'm actually, this topic that you gave me is interesting to me because I, I, I this is something I, I don't think we've ever really discussed so directly. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, with my vast well of knowledge of all of our episodes that I can just pull out of the air, like I have a filing cabinet in my mind. I don't really uh, think we've done anything so direct on the nose about this specific topic. Would I be right?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think we've talked about it in passing.
0: Okay. Well, let's jump into the deep end of the pool dock where it's a little cold at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's warm on the top, but it's chilly underneath. So here we go. Here is our topic. In the eye of the beholder, the tricky topic of attraction. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
1: I am endlessly impressed with your voiceover talent.
0: Well, listen, so many people are. Uh that's why we won a major award last year. I'm not going to I mean, when we did the talk, what was it? What was we won that award that I have in the house, the trophy, you know. Did you
1: get sent the trophy? Uh
0: no. Uh no, I never got sent the trophy. Did you
1: I, get sent the trophy?
0: I don't have the no, I don't have it. Nope.
1: Do you have that?
0: Uh, no, I don't have the trophy sitting in my windowsill in my office. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't even
1: look at this. So, this was what was our word from How Cool Is This? from the lovely correct. gentleman at How correct. Cool Is This the podcast. Check it out. It's we
0: great. won the Coolio.
1: We won a Coolio. And, A, with a topic I came up with. All right. but well, you couldn't even send me like a pic of it?
0: Uh, I forgot. You
1: just send me like a little pic, like, "Hey, look at this trophy we won!
0: It's that was a great trophy!" The, like,
1: man, like, like nine months ago. I
0: mean, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I got busy and I forgot. And every day when I walk right. into the office and remind myself of how great I am, looking at the trophy of the topic that you came up with, <laughs> it helps That's keep me going.
1: Up, That's messed <laughs> up. All right, you can keep it, but, I, <laughs> but I'll, send me a picture. I'll have my
0: wife send you a picture, okay? <laughs>
1: You, you clearly need it more than I do. So you go ahead. Listen,
0: I feel like I had a part of it too, okay? And I'm really proud that we're an award-winning podcast, okay? Great. Me too. I, my Me voiceover too. talent helped get us across the finish line. You You're may right. have had some great content, but this voice, the voice of gold, helped get us across. So I felt I earned it, okay? But I will I will send it to you, and we'll have a share Kind I don't of need it. I, want battle. You,
1: I I want you to keep it but I do want just a photo just a photo with you and this precious this precious <laughs> symbol of achievement. You
0: got it. It's coming to you. <laughs> hot folks, it's going to come hot. Maybe we'll even post it on our social media.
1: We sh- we should have right. <laughs> missed opportunity.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about this topic, Doc. Why? Why why <laughs> this topic? Why now and how is it relevant to the university? Leisure.
1: well i think attraction is an, uh, a huge topic obviously when people are talking about sex and relationships but so this one think of this one as like more of a like the more you know
0: yes kind of. like the 80s like <laughs> the
1: more you know yeah like why you know this is really more of like deepening understanding about attraction why and as we will get into um we'll get into the why's right because Having sort of a narrow or limited understanding of attraction can actually really impact how people feel sexually, how they might feel about their partner sexually or romantically, insecurities, all sorts of things. Okay. So the why why is actually the whole episode.
0: All right. Well, let's start off, Doc. Give me some whys of why I find people attractive.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe how about we start with like why attraction is complex in the first place.
0: Okay, I trust your judgment. Let's roll.
1: Okay. So, in general, um, I think that we have a tendency when we think about attraction, um, like, so there's sort of the way that we think about sometimes things intellectually, and then the way that we kind of still maybe unconsciously uh, sort of um, engage with them, right? So, sure, for instance, sure. I can say to somebody, attraction is really complicated, and they'll be like, yeah, 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 right? And then, you know, they might have a experience in which their partner checks someone out that's not them. And they're like, oh my gosh, that person, I feel like they look better than me. That must mean my partner's not attracted to me. Right. Right? And then they make it very simple. Do you know what I mean? Sure, like, yep,
0: yep. Like yep. it's very
1: black and white, black right? Black and white,
0: no in between. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's super common, right? So in general, people can, I think, in and we could do like six episodes on attraction, but for today. We'll just kind for of, today. Just for today. all right? We'll focus on a couple different things. So in general, I think that people can both over and underthink attraction. So here's what I mean by that. Um, Like, how, how do people overthink it? Let's just start with that one. And I feel like this is the one that we've actually maybe talked a little bit more about on the podcast, kind of here and there. But a lot of people tend to uh, question their attractions uh, too deeply, right? Okay. Like, somebody might be really, like, kind of questioning why they're attracted to what, like, why they're attracted to what they're attracted to, right, or interested in what they're interested in. I think we generally have... Probably lots of things to blame for that as a psychologist. I tend to blame Freud, right? He Freud, was kind of the That damn like, Freud God, he was kind of he guy who ruins everything. Yeah, he was kinda of, I mean, don't get me wrong, he did like some, you know, like stuff that was important for psychology, but also you know, he's kind of just making shit up. Sure. So <laughs> and really loved cocaine. But <laughs> But one of the things that was really popularized with Freud around sexual health was sort of this idea that like people's like attractions and their interests sexually, like often have these like really deep meanings. Sure. And for a very long time, like those were incredibly popular theories because he was kind of like the guy,
0: right? Right. right, right. Yeah.
1: Telling everybody, the man. like, He was like, oh, if you're interested in this, this is what it means about you and your relationship with your mom and, you know. So what's really common is that I might get people coming into session or even just people I know personally where like they have some attractions and they're really like, what is this about, right? Like, what does this mean about me? And I think that oftentimes, and don't get me wrong, there might be different people that have, mine is just one opinion, but a lot of times I think, could you find a deeper meaning around certain types of attractions or interests? Sure. Maybe, but can you prove it? Right? (laughs) Like oftentimes what's, what's really tricky is like maybe somebody can connect an attraction or an interest they have to like a previous life experience or something, something that happened in adolescence when they were developing sexually, but sometimes also people just like what they like. Right. So there is no rhyme or reason. So, for instance, before we got on, uh, everybody Jeremiah was telling me last night that he maybe had some some carb loading. What would we call it? Uh,
0: oh, okay, <laughs> all right. You didn't need to bring up my personal life. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had a little bit of a frustrating couple of days, and it kind of culminated in a massive binge eating of trash episode, like episode, but I'm, I'm okay. Everything's fine. It just was, you know.
1: Yeah. And so you had, you had some snacks.
0: Yeah. I had, I had, I had a full bag of chili Doritos and then I had a full bag of Chex mix, the the sweet honey kind. And then I had a double King size Snickers bar and a couple of sausages, but that was all.
1: Okay. And so, not to shame you about your your snacking, more around... Okay, so you had a bag of Doritos. Did you say chili Doritos?
0: Yeah, they're the purple bags.
1: Yeah. I find Doritos to be disgusting. Sorry, Doritos.
0: Well, You're... clearly they're not going to be our sponsor. <laughs> right.
1: I, taste-wise, think they are horrible. <laughs> However, you like them, right?
0: I like them.
1: You found them tasty. Okay.
0: I thought they were delicious. It was my favorite vintage.
1: Okay. Why?
0: Because uh, I remember being a little kid and having them, and there was something about them that I thought was great. And uh, as I got older, uh, my taste evolved, because I used to be just a straight nacho cheese guy. But then I moved into a Cool Ranch. And then when I found the, the purple bag, the purple bag was like a revelation, because it was the closest to, uh, in the late 90s, they had Taco Bell Doritos that were literally like they had this very specific taste. And I miss them to this day. And I've always been looking for a replacement for that specific type. And now I have found it in the purple bag. They not, I want to be very clear to all of our fans out there and Dorito fans in general. I'm not saying they taste the same. I'm just saying they were on par of bringing me the same level of taste joy that the Taco Bell... Version was bringing
1: me. that was a much longer evolved story than i was prepared for but
0: uh, uh, you asked i yeah. answer no, i
1: appreciate it so what it sounds like right Put my
0: heart out there for our you. millions of fans about my dorito love and okay continue
1: <laughs> no so what it sounds like to me is that for whatever reason they've always just tasted good
0: to they've you. always been great
1: right they've always been appealing the taste has been good my guess is you maybe couldn't explain why the first time you tried them, you put them in your mouth and you were like, "I like this. Yep. These are good." And then a little bit of like, and because I like this, let me really expand. Nope. <laughs> like, let me let me see whatever flavors there are sort of within this realm. Me, I taste Doritos, and I'm like, these are the worst, and I dislike them thoroughly. Right. Okay. Same with same with Sweet Tarts, right and so God damn how are we friends I don't understand you I mean we're friends loosely so you know all right, well that's true <laughs> it's
0: more like work associate friends <laughs> just
1: kidding like I wouldn't um, actually
0: have a beer with you after like like <laughs> but you know we say we're friends all right continue
1: um like so similarly right when we start talking about like sexual attraction and interests Sometimes that is what it is. It's a taste, it's a preference and it's hard to explain. And there's not some deeper meaning. Like, so if we take you and the first time you had Doritos, they tasted good to you. They were appealing to you. Or even when you looked at them, they were like, you were like those, I want to put those in my mouth. Right. (laughs) Right. I remember seeing them and thinking they look radioactive. I don't know that I really want to eat those.
0: Sure. Right. Sure.
1: And so similarly Sexual attraction and interest, right, can be something that just, for whatever reason, it just hits us in the right spot, right? It's just appealing. And that doesn't mean sometimes you can't connect it to other things or there aren't certain experiences that might enhance an attraction or arousal. But a lot of times it's just kind of random. Okay. And I I say that because some people can get really stressed, like really stressed with an attraction or interest they have and feel like it has some deeper meaning about like who they are or like what's wrong with them. So like, let's say somebody's like really aroused by um, a certain body type. Right. Okay. And let's say they see other people like, as that being a atyp- like that being atypical, right. That like, sure. it's not like seen as conventionally attractive. And then that can create a bunch of distress around like, well, what's wrong with me that I like that body type, right. Like magazines and TV tell me I should like this body type. Right, And then it creates all sorts of chaos, right? So then people feel like super conflicted about what they're attracted to because they feel like they're supposed to be attracted to particular things.
0: Yeah, it's like this, Doc. It's like, uh, you know, when you're growing up and you're in a very, uh, uh, like, I lived in a very small town growing up, right? And, you know, where we grew up, there was not a lot of other cultures. There was not a lot of other... Uh, you know, so you kind of were like ingrained to like one, like find this, the kind of person you would find attractive is X, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, when I moved to Los Angeles, there was a lot of other people that were very attractive that were not in the realm of the world that I understood. And then there was a part of me that was like, you know, I'm confused, you know, like, should, am I supposed to like this? Am I supposed, I'm, I think that's really attractive, but that wasn't kind of, not that that's what I was taught. But that was like the world I grew up in. Am I making sense? You kind of give yeah, me a look. no,
1: no. I mean, I think that like we... We when I say like taught some sometimes people are directly taught but sometimes it's just indirect right like we're taught through movies and film where you know it's like side note not to like totally we won't deep dive into it because it's a way longer conversation but it's also why people are like representation is important right yeah because if you because if you only show like the same type of people or the same type of bodies or the same type of skin tone or whatever that might be then all of a sudden like you create a sense of beauty. Um that's very narrow sure. and in and in reality like m- people have incredibly expansive arousal and attraction templates right yes. and and this is all part of the same thing and so this is part of why people really question it right like we do have a tendency to, um, like you'll hear people use the phrase as someone is conventionally attractive, right? Right, right, right? And so when someone's being described as conventionally attractive, it means that that's like what cultures conventions, right? Like the kind of the narrative, the standard of culture is saying, this is what's beautiful. This is what's attractive. And when I was saying, sometimes if people are finding themselves attracted to folks or experiences outside of the standard, they can worry about that. But the other end of that is I can't even tell you over the years, I might have someone sitting in my office that feels as though they are not conventionally attractive. So when someone is attracted to them, they go, What's wrong with them that they're attracted to me?
0: Oh wow. Doc, do they have, that flips the script. My right? goodness.
1: So, so, like, do they have some type of fetish? Or is there some like like where people start to doubt the the authenticity of someone's attraction toward them? Because their like kind of self view is not as someone who's conventionally attractive, right? Or like has sort of a a look or an appeal that would be considered beautiful. Sure. And so then I, and then, so then sometimes, as you could imagine, when that happens in couples too, that can create conflict, right? Where you have one partner being like, oh, I think you're so hot. And the other person's like suspicious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. Sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. So when I say that, like, people often overthink attraction, right? We overthink it for a reason. We overthink it because, to a certain degree, we've been culturally trained in this very narrow way, right, around what's beautiful or what's attractive. And so then like of course that's going to cause us problems <laughs> because right. if we've talked talking about anything on this podcast is that as humans, we're incredibly complex yes. in our sexuality. I am very complex.
0: I am extremely complex and I'm extremely deep, which I've come to find through this <laughs> podcast. So
1: I am, I know you already wrote a book, Jeremiah, which I, I'm, I am working on. Um, but if you write another book, the title should be, I am incredibly deep. (laughs) I am
0: incredibly deep by Jeremiah James. (laughs) Chapter one.
1: (laughs) Let me tell you how deep I am. (laughs) All right. Well,
0: I think this is a great place to take a break about my deepness. And then uh, we'll come back and let's learn a little bit more about attraction. What do you say, Doc? Sounds good. We'll be right back. we are back. We're talking about attraction and the doc is taking us on a Freudian roller coaster (laughs) through. I
1: am actively trying. I'm actively trying not to do that. Actually, you're
0: explaining it really well, doc, and I'm really enjoying this. So let's jump back in here and explain a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we were talking about, right, like how can people overthink attraction? And um you know giving lots of examples but one other thing i would just try to say around like overthinking it i think uh, part of the result of that sometimes too is um maybe this is actually more example of underthinking it
0: <laughs> okay
1: uh where people really also can can kind of feel like they can just stop an attraction like a light switch
0: yeah that can't you can't happen sometimes you're just you're into what you're into like, you can't yeah. just turn it off, Doc, right? I right. Mean, like, I can't all of a sudden just say, I don't like the purple bag of Doritos anymore, the Thai sweet chili or whatever yeah. version they are. Like, I like them. I can't all of a sudden, that bag is looking at me and it's like, hello, it's me. And I'm like, I love you too, baby. Like, I, we have this thing and it happens. It's electric, right? I right. can't all of a sudden look at that bag and go, no, I refuse to like you. I refuse. I I'm just going to turn that off, and I'm not going to want to literally pick the bag up and tap the the back bo- <laughs> the back of it for the little last couple of crumbs. Like it is what it is,
1: Doc. I'm locked
0: into it, right? You're right,
1: and so maybe you could choose maybe not to eat it, right? But at the same, but you're not going to stop liking it, that's and you right. might not stop wanting it. That's right. And so I that is just something else to say about attraction, interest, and I and I, I know that that's like not mind blowing, but it is important. Because a lot of times when people are having attractions or interests that concern them or um, concern other people, that's culturally happens a lot where someone feels judged for their attractions or interests. And so they're like, well, this seems like a pain to be attracted to A, B, C, or D. So let me just turn that off. Right. And I'm going to tell you as a sex therapist, in my experience, it's usually not that easy. Oftentimes, the more somebody tries to suppress or like not have an attraction or an interest, bigger it might become or the more complex it might become it
0: it becomes really complex because literally doc i will be in the store and i'll be walking through the doritos aisle okay (laughs) and i will try to fight the fight you know what i mean like i'll try to fight that feeling of like i just you know I, i i don't want, I, I shouldn't want this. I know it's not that great for me. I know, but I just, I want it, you know? And then that bleeds, that's, you know, there've been times in my life, there was a woman, this is totally true. Okay. Segwaying away from my love of the purple bag of Doritos, but there was a woman that I, she was just utterly gorgeous. I, I can't, to this day, she was utterly gorgeous. She was a horrible person. Like, and I mean like ugly on the inside and mean <laughs> And, and, and... Per,
1: all per your perceptions.
0: In yes. my humble opinion, which of course in this scenario is 100% correct. Nobody can judge it. Anyway, the point is what I'm saying, Doc. She was really just not nice. She was mean. She was hurtful to people. God, she was sexy to me. And it bothered me. Because normally, if I don't, if somebody is a mean or ugly person in their soul... Like, I'm like, not attractive. You're not attractive. I don't care how physically beautiful you may be. I can just, you know, nope, nope. But this woman in particular, I, uh, and she was ugly inside, Doc. And I could not, looking at her was looking at like the most beautiful fine art painting. I was so, and she turned me on and it was, I wanted to like, "Mm." you know what I'm saying here? I do. And I couldn't stop it. And it made me so mad because I'm like, you're a bad person and I don't like bad people. And yet I'm like, "Mm, delicious. Like the purple bag of Doritos.
1: Right. And so like, that's a really good example, right? Where sometimes, when I say like uh, attraction is complex, I mean, that's a really good example, right? Like somebody can be like, well, I don't want to be attracted to this person. And then all of a sudden be like, but I am. And now like, ah, this is really like, this is creating a lot of feelings of conflict for me around it. Right. And usually the more kind of people beat themselves up about that, the more uncomfortable and complex the situation starts to become. Yeah. Um. But if we can shift gears. So, I'm going to talk a little bit, so that's how people can maybe overthink it, right? Okay. So I want to shift a little bit to how do people maybe underthink attraction. All right.
0: So how do we underthink it? This, I yeah. don't even understand how to underthink something. So, <laughs> like, let's.
1: Um. Well, what I mean by that is like maybe oversimplify it, right? Okay. I don't okay. know that under. I don't know if underthink is actually a word.
0: Well, I don't um, know, but for some reason it felt very attacking to me. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um. Uh, so when I talked earlier, right around this idea that like people often can think of attraction very narrowly, right? Like they can have um, a narrow lens on that. So one of the ways that we can have a very narrow definition of attraction is by really thinking of it more as just physical attraction. Okay. And when, and when I say physical attraction, I don't even mean like physiological attraction. I mean, like literally like just sort of like flat Plain appearance, right? Got it. You look at someone, what do they look like? Am I attracted to them or not? Got it. And do not get me wrong, that is a type of attraction, but attraction tends to be much more multi-dynamic than that right yeah i mean
0: i knew you were gonna say that like i mean this is the <laughs> podcast like i knew there wasn't gonna be some like you can't underthink it for these three steps it was gonna be like a goddamn blooming onion all right here we go
1: <laughs> right well that's because right attraction is really attraction is really like often not this like uh static thing right where it's like i see someone i'm attracted to them And then you can guarantee that that attraction remains uh, stable forever, right? Right. That it doesn't change. Usually, attraction is like a living, breathing, ever evolving thing, right? So, okay. If you think about your attraction to your wife, okay? Uh huh. Think about when you. Nobody's
0: more beautiful on the face of the earth. Yeah. But think about
1: when you very first. And,
0: honey, I've never underthought it. Not
1: ever. Well, I'm going to help you out here right now. All right. All right. So, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> trust me. This isn't a trap, it'll be good. All right. Um, so I want you to think about like the first time you saw her.
0: Oh, right? I can tell you exactly what she was wearing. Yeah.
1: Right. And so I'm presuming, um, just because I also know you and I know I've heard some stories about you and your wife sounds like you had sort of immediate attraction to her in terms of when you saw her, you, felt very physically attracted to like kind of like her literal kind of physical presentation.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. How long have you known your wife?
0: Almost 20 years.
1: Okay. Does your attraction to her feel the same as it did that first day or does it feel different?
0: It's the same. I've always felt uh, that level of attraction to her. I always thought she was just like this The pinnacle to me
1: right not as in are you still physically attracted but like does it feel different as in has it grown has it changed has it become more expansive
0: oh god yeah i mean you're talking like just who she is as a person and like my attraction to her becomes more all-encompassing if that makes any sense like it's like not just that she's this physical beauty that i you know worship but like you know she i'm attracted to her intelligence i'm attracted to her uh, you know, kindness and giving nature, her huge heart, all these, like all the, all the things that, you know, I I can say to you and you go, yeah, I, mean, I know Carrie, of course. So, but yeah, you know, go ahead.
1: Right. So that evolved, right? So yeah. it began on more of this, like, sort of very s- simple measurement, right? Like uh, you observe someone, you see them and you go, you're taking like maybe more of a physical assessment, sure, right? Yeah, like if, yeah, you're, really, yeah. if you're across the room, right, and you 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 take a physical assessment to a certain degree, and you're like, right, I am noticing that, right? Like yeah. attraction, literally meaning it's pulling my attention, yeah, it, right. So this is pulling my attention. But as the two of you evolved in your relationship, what I would imagine is is that attraction turned from something that was one dimensional, i.e., meaning right? Just the physical appearance to something that was multidimensional, right? Yes, agreed. So you started talking about some other dimensions, right? Like personality, energy, spirit, right? Also, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. probably a number of like je ne sais yes, I don't know. Uh, a
0: lot of them, a lot of them, baby. Yeah. Right,
1: just like lots of these things. So if we break this down, and try to, try to trust me that I uh, there's a reason to break it down, right? Right. Uh, We often um, have sort of immediate attraction. right? Right. And that's usually based something on something that's more kind of one dimensional. So let's say someone's on Tinder. It's a picture. Right. Like that's a very one dimensional. And then we have maybe more like longer developed types of attraction, which is like sometimes that can even be over the course of a date. Right. Sure. I saw your picture on Tinder. I thought you were attractive enough to me in this kind of physical context, right? Or maybe what you, and you know, some people might be more about what somebody wrote or whatever, but there was this kind of more simple measure, right, of attraction. And then you go on a date and you sit down. And sometimes even before the person starts talking, your attraction might start to change, right? So let's say you found somebody on Tinder, you looked at their picture and you found them physically very attractive. But something about the way they walk in the room,
0: right? Yeah, no, you're right. Like some body language or something. Body language, the yeah. way that they might
1: carry themselves to the room, all of a sudden sure. your attraction might increase or it might reduce, right? Um, and then even when that person sits down, and sometimes even within the first sentence, somebody can go, oh. I'm not attracted to you anymore. Right. 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 <laughs> or, or be like, okay, my attraction level is stable. Right. Sure. But then as that date progresses, right. It might grow. It might change because what's happening is like now new dimensions are being built. Right. right. If I had like yes. a 3d, it's kind of like a 3d printer. Yeah. Right. Now all of a sudden it's becoming more dynamic. Um, and so I, I say that because that is often how attraction works, right? It may start, not always, but often may start with something very sort of uh, one-dimensional, right? Like a, like a lot of people online date. So a picture of someone. Swipe and then right, it,
0: swipe left.
1: Right, and then it becomes very multidimensional. Got it. But as a culture, when we think about attraction, what part do you think that we get caught up on? Physical. Yes, why? What well, would've... I mean, uh,
0: it's because like, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. You're the doc. I mean, I feel like I'm being tricked here. I, You're I, not
1: being tricked. You're just, it's just a conversation. <laughs> I, well, listen, I, I, get,
0: I, I don't know. I just, I think we're stuck on it. I mean, we, we, in our culture, especially, you know, growing up in, in the United States, our culture is very based on uh, the way that you look and the way that you look. Uh, would dictate. I, I, like I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Why do I feel? I might feel like I'm under to, the microscope.
1: Take a breath. Take a breath. I'm not trying to stress you out. It was just.
0: is it a test?
1: It's not a test. It's not a test. Um, there was no trick question in it, <laughs> right? So really, more. I just worked you up. Wow. Uh, <laughs> stress me out that Too many. One. I think maybe too many snacks last how night. Dare maybe you, a little. How,
0: how very dare you bring up my snack? A Little binge. too much blood
1: sugar drop of the mood, crash. Uh, uh, <laughs> a, little, a little on edge. All right. not on edge.
0: fine. You can go, okay. go with your own narrative here.
1: <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> fine. Fair enough. We'll keep going. All right. So yeah. So in culture, we tend to be really kind of hyper-focused on a physical measurement of attraction.
0: Right. That's and, what exactly what I was going to say.
1: Right. Uh, and, well, you you kind of did until you started freaking out. I didn't freak out. <laughs> so, uh, okay um but i do really think i have a better sense of how you maybe behave during pop quizzes and... like they, they make me uncomfortable um, i could see you in like eighth grade being like what do you mean i gotta go to the bathroom where's my skateboard <laughs> oh it's like you knew me all right here we go i don't know why i feel like you were like I lost something. I have to go. (laughs) I have to to go
0: to the bathroom right now.
1: All right. Um, Okay. So I I say that because so, all right. So uh, why does any of this matter? Well, because it causes us problems. (laughs) It causes us so many problems. Because attraction is expansive and multi dynamic. But whether we want to or not, a lot of times the measurement that we're using for it is like, overly narrow. We're using physical attraction. Right. So here, let me, let me, let me give you some examples. All right. Let's say you are in a long-term relationship Okay. and your partner notices that the type of people that you seem more immediately attracted to are people that are younger, Oh, that have a different body type than them. OK. Right. And so, I don't know, let's say they uh, wander in and, you know, use the same computer you did and happen to happen to see your 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 uh, your porn history. OK, right? sure. And they noticed in that porn history, you prefer to watch like, I don't know, people in their 20s that are toned and conventionally attractive having sex. OK. All right. Or like when you're out and about in the supermarket, right? You tend to gear towards people that are younger or have more of this conventional attractiveness, whatever it is. How could you see that starting to impact? All right, but but your partner doesn't look like that. Okay. What kind of conflict? Well, I mean, that's going to start to cause a
0: lot of conflict because at the end of the day, you know uh it would make i mean look it would make somebody feel insecure it would make them feel like you know if they weren't that like super tight or you know ripped body and all that like well if this is what they like you know this is what they're attracted to then they must think i'm a pile of garbage you know because i'm not i don't have six-pack abs right And I mean, clearly I don't, we already established my eating habits. So, you know, like maybe that would make somebody, don't say, yeah, you just shook your head and said, no, no, yeah,
1: you're right. Your point is right. Not about what you're saying. Uh
0: Okay. I'm I'm not insecure. I'm just saying, you know,
1: (laughs) so, so yeah, I think, so what that can start to do is breed insecurity, right. And it breeds insecurity because, you know, we have this range of like, we're really focused on like, this very specific type of attraction, like physical attraction is meaning like attraction. But a lot of times when people are like watching pornography, the only thing that they have, right? Like the only thing that you have to like, be like, am I attracted to this or not? Is that one dimensional plane? Right. 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 The only thing somebody kind of has to go on is like, or if you're in the supermarket and you notice someone The people that we tend to notice or we tend to be drawn to from a purely kind of physical standpoint are people that really kind of fit in that, like, sort of that, uh, like, our kind of physical ideal templates, right?
0: Right. right, Agreed.
1: So let's take that scenario where someone is noticing that the people that their partner tends to be attracted to or maybe views in pornography are younger or more conventionally attractive or fit in some kind of way. And they're saying, well, I'm not that. Like, so it can create insecurity, but then it can also create doubt, right? Right. And then very quickly, conflict, Got it. right? So what might happen is somebody might ask their partner, like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand, like, I'm paying attention to the people you seem to find attractive, and they don't look like me. And someone says, oh, I'm much more attracted to you, just because I'm watching this online, or I'm noticing this person when we're out and about at Target, doesn't my attraction to you is much deeper and it's much different. And the other yeah. person can say, I don't believe you. Right. And right, now right, all right. of a sudden <laughs> you've got quite a bit of conflict, right? Because yeah. you have one per you have two people, not like one person is, doesn't feel believed. Right. They don't right, feel right. like, and that sucks. Right. When you're like, I am so into you. I'm really, just cause I'm watching this on porn. Doesn't mean I'm not into you.
0: Right. Right. They can, they can, they can live together on the same plane. Right.
1: Yes. Well, and,
0: right, yeah,
1: so they can absolutely live together on the same plane, and so it, it's part of the reason that that type of conflict, that kind of conflict, is. I mean, would does that sound like a reasonable type of conflict that of people course, would yeah, have?
0: One hundred percent reasonable. Are you kidding me? This is like something that probably every you know person in the United States or even maybe abroad that would would have dealt with this. Like, wait a minute, I'm not 25 and, you know, in the gym all day with a perfect body. And yet that's all you watch if I look online or, you know, even if like uh, it could be something like a uh, totally different, like, you know, somebody who's really into, you know, Asian born specific and, you know, your partner's not, it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, does that mean you don't find me attractive if you only watch Asian born you know?
1: I mean, well, and I think that part of that, is what's it's sort of this idea of like so one is a very simple one-dimensional type of attraction and arousal right right so it's like think about it like a like a flat piece of paper right Right. uh like like tinder is a great example right i am looking at a at a one-dimensional picture of someone and i am finding myself maybe having a trend of the type of people and their kind of appearance that i'm swiping right on okay the other type of attraction is a diamond right it's multifaceted and it changes and it kind of evolves in the different lights and it's different right so it's far more complex so one of the things that can really be tricky sometimes to wrap your head around is that like someone might be like how is it possible that you can look at all of these uh, pornography is a common conflict and people seeing what people are, like. that one comes up all the time in my office. Right? Like how is it possible that you can find all these people attractive and find me attractive when I look nothing like them. Right. And me, I'm sitting there going, Oh, totally possible. Why? Because they're totally different types of attraction. One is a one dimensional type of attraction that is literally only based on like, an immediate sort of physical sensation. And the other is this incredibly evolved dynamic type of attraction, like the one that you were maybe talking about with your wife, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are so many pieces that like when you probably engage with your wife that bring you attraction to her that I actually would suspect on a lot of occasions have nothing to do with even physical attraction. Okay. I don't know. Do you, what What do you think about what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know?
0: I, I think what you're saying is right on the money. It's like, you know, once a r- attraction has evolved, like when I saw my wife, I could literally tell you exactly what she was wearing. It was like, dream weaver. <laughs> like it was like, that was that, right? And then, you know, here we are all these years later, I still see her that way. I, I mean, when I see her physically, I still am just like, baby, you, you, right? But then there's now all these different layers, like an onion where I was making a joke, But like, it's true, like I now see her as this incredible human who happens to also be so physically attractive to me and she's got, you know, these incredible ideas of like, you know, the way that she takes care of animals, the way she takes care of family, the way she deals with me, like the list goes on and on, which makes her that much more attractive to me. So I'm with you, like, you know, it's it's a very multi-layered, complex thing. And so right. it's very interesting to hear you kind of describe it that way, because, you know, this is like something it's like, you know, tying your shoe, you know, you you tie your shoe, but you don't really think about the process anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's a little bit like, you know, when I say like, the more you know, right, it's kind of like a no duh episode. But like, right. we're often moving through the world so fast that like, we don't pause to be like, let me think about this a little more deeply. Like, and I do bring it up because these type of conflicts occur a lot. Right. Right. And they cause us insecurity and they cause us frustration. Sometimes they cause us distrust, um, distrust. So when I, when I think about like that example of someone like, Oh, you're looking at these people in pornography. I don't look like that. Like, how could that be possible? I would say, well, it's very possible because it's like comparing a, fa- a flat piece of paper to a diamond. They're actually not very comparable at all. Right. They're really, really different. Like, in theory, they're really different types of attraction. One is singular and the other is complex and multidynamic. Yeah. And knowing that and understanding that sometimes can also be helpful in being like, okay, so... Yeah, it might. I'm not saying sometimes it's not still a little salty when you see your partner checking out folks that you, yeah, make you yeah. feel insecure physical, for yeah. whatever reason. Right. Like some and I, I should be clear, some people too. the physical piece isn't as big of a piece, by the way, right. that's not all people. For some people, they might really have a hard time if their partner is attracted to someone they perceive as smarter.
0: Right. Than True. them. Right. True. Like, yeah.
1: you know, so there and like I said, this we can only do so much today. There's like, this well, listen, is a deep
0: a onion, but I think we should do a part two doc. Cause we got to wrap this up now, but I got to tell you, like, I think that this is a really fantastic topic to have again. And maybe, uh, you know, do a bit of a round table discussion about it with uh, maybe our correspondent who goes nowhere, Greg, or maybe uh Laura Rademacher or mm, yeah. Dr. Leo. And I'm just going to, I'm going to end with this. Okay. Uh, because I know we got to wrap this up. I did go shopping online the other day with my wife.
1: Did you get a prostate massager?
0: I Doc, I did, I got one. Step one, one. I, step
1: one. I, I, listen,
0: listen, this is, there's been a lot of talk, okay, and I didn't do that because I had to wait until I didn't feel the pressure, you know, and I don't feel pressured and I said, you know, honey, I trust you and it's all good and so I got a thing, I don't remember what the name of it is specifically, but, uh, you know, I got it. And, uh, you know, if we should maybe have an episode with Dr. Leo to come back and uh, maybe we could talk about it. All okay. right.
1: No pressure. If if and when you feel ready to try that out and you want to do the episode with Dr. Leo as we chatted about with Dr. Leo, let me know so I can organize it with them.
0: You got it. Well, so you let Dr. Leo know the exploration. I'm going boldly where Jeremiah has never gone before. And... Uh, and my wife is very. She sent me a picture that had just arrived today while we were doing this episode, and she was like, "Christmas sweat. came early," and I was like, oh,
1: "Starting to sweat."
0: So, um, was but- that at
1: the moment that you really lost it about my question? Is that the same moment? Was there too much pressure? Was there too much pressure mounting? And,
0: and no, no, it was not the same moment. It was a few minutes after I got that picture, but it doesn't matter. Everything's fine here. Everything's going to be great. <clears throat> And I appreciate you, Doc. I appreciate all that you do for so many people. And, uh, you know, we'll wrap this up by saying, you know, we're going to come back to this topic, talk more about it, because I think there's a lot more we can learn about attraction, why we're attracted, and kind of deep dive a little bit more. So thank you for that, Doc. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you to all of our fans who listen out there. And remember, be kind to one another. Is there anything else you want to say, Doc, before we wrap this up?
1: There's probably nothing else I should say, because everything else is just going into longer topics. All right, well, we're going to
0: circle back to this. So, Doc, thank you, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.